everyone. Welcome to The Outlet. My name is Abby Grise. And I'm Grace Warner. This is where campus meets community. Today we have a very special podcast for you. Uh, the LGBT media action class is back and they have created some special election stories. They went in depth on issues directly affecting the LGBTQ community. And we hope you enjoy. According to a recent survey conducted by the Pew Research Center, only 13% of lesbian, gay, or bisexual voters support the Republican candidate for President Donald Trump. Blaze Hart, an Ohio University student, is part of that 13%. Mallory Golsky and Michaela Ashburn sat down in front room with Blaze for an interview about what it's like to be in the minority of a minority community. Blaze Hart is a freshman film student at Ohio University with a passion for politics. As a first-time voter and member of the LGBT community, Blaze is an avid supporter of Donald Trump. And that is getting him into a lot of hot water both online and around campus. And I've had people friend me on Facebook and immediately within five minutes comment on everything and start like using exclamation points and like screaming at me, like all caps, like, are you crazy? Like, what are you thinking? And I'm and like people like, you have no empathy. And I'm just like, you don't even know who I am. Just because I have this one opinion. It's an opinion, first of all. I'm not stating it as fact. I'm saying this is my belief. Like many other voters, Blaze often turns to social media as a way to share his political views. But his opinions are often met with controversy that follows him long after he signs out of Facebook. The pressure that I get from the LGBTQ community, um, just people in my building. There was one night specifically where we were having kind of like a conversation about it in the lobby. And... Um, another gay person in my building um, just kind of made like a snarky comment that I wasn't a real gay person because I was voting for Trump. Even the Log Cabin Republicans, the nation's largest conservative LGBT organization, is not endorsing Trump because of his advisors who were not supportive of the LGBT community. It is the first time since 1992 that the organization has not supported the Republican candidate. For Blaze, national security is the biggest issue during this election, and he thinks Trump can take care of his concerns. Specifically in the Middle Eastern areas, um, you know, he's made various statements saying that we should deport all the Muslims in this country, which I don't necessarily agree with. Islam, it does have peaceful aspects to it, and it does have violent aspects to it, and the majority of Muslims don't adhere to the violent aspects. They they always adhere to the peaceful aspects, and that's what we have in the country for the most part. Um, But we do have the uh, the minority in that group who, you know, push homosexuals off the top of roofs to their deaths and stone women to death just because they show their ankles or something ridiculous. So I do have concerns in that aspect, being a part of that community. Despite the backlash that he has faced for standing out from both sides of the campaign, Blaze chooses to stick to his own beliefs, no matter what any of the candidates say. Obviously, I don't agree with 100% of the things he says. Just because I'm voting for him doesn't mean I am him. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And just because he's siding with one candidate doesn't mean he's not willing to talk to people who have different viewpoints. I'm perfectly willing to have like an intelligent discussion about the issues, but people aren't willing to do that anymore. Um, so it's, it's difficult to deal with just because if you say they aren't informed, I'm not saying like, oh, you're stupid. I'm just saying like, 
if you look up the facts, like that's what it is. Regardless of the election's outcomes, Blaze hopes that his views will serve as a learning experience for those who expect specific groups of voters to change their beliefs to support a particular candidate. For The Outlet, I'm Michaela Ashburn. Nate Hayes has kept his eyes on the presidential race, but as a member of the local LGBT community, he believes older and younger queer generations have differences when it comes to politics. Elise Peck has the story. Those who frequent Athens Uncorked are familiar with the wine bar's eccentric paintings lining the walls and the jazz consuming the atmosphere. On a typical night, you can find co-owner Nate Hayes serving customers or purchasing Hillary Kane 2016 champagne flutes online in preparation for election night. The 40-something LGBT community member is no stranger to voicing his opinions on this election season. In late September, a Facebook post he made discussing the Republican Party's anti-gay platform went viral. His post exposed their homophobic policies, noting the Republican Party's support for adoption agencies that refuse same-sex couples, conversion therapy, and religious freedom bills that would allow businesses to refuse service to LGBT customers. It's interesting how many people who have read that post and talked to me about it have said, oh, I had no idea the platform was that anti-LGBTQ. And, and so I think that's part of the danger is it's like the, the issues that affect the community are now kind of, they're kind of on the back burner. Like they're, they're not in the front, but they're still on the stove. Nate's post reached over 49,000 likes and 17,000 shares. But not long after, Nate noticed his post had been deleted and his views censored. And a week later, Facebook officially apologized and his post was restored. Many were affected and shocked by Nate's words and even reached out to tell him so. It's been a really interesting experience just having so many people talking about it and, and contacting me personally. has been That's probably been the most amazing part of it is hearing so many stories from other people who said, wow, this really spoke to me. You know, I live in a conservative family and, you know... It's really nice to hear someone having these views and, you know, and, and I, I think often that in this community and maybe even just this country, we kind of forget that so many people don't have a voice or, you know, living in areas where they can't really express things openly like we can. Hundreds of commenters have also criticized his views, reminding him that the Democratic Party has never been perfect either. My answer to that is, well, I mean, frankly, no party has. You know, we've never been in a position where a political party has always supported us. So, I mean, frankly, for me, as, as a, you know, 40-something gay person, I'm just, I'm just glad any party is embracing us. And, um, you know, sure, I mean, I wish the past history of that party was maybe a little more friendly, but I'm just thankful they're friendly now, you know, when it, when it really matters. We want it to be a non-issue. We, we want it to eventually get to the point where no one really cares, you know, because as someone in the community, it's like, well, I mean, I don't spend all my time thinking about who I go to bed with, you know, so why do some of these conservative people do that, you know? Nate believes this election season experience has been different for older and younger members of the LGBT community. While he says he doesn't have a great deal of LGBT youth friends, he's noticed their growing up queer in a different time period means they weren't a subject to persecution, bullying, or harassment like Nate endured in the 80s. On one hand, it's kind of cool to see, you know, younger people in the community kind of having the experience where it's not such of an issue. But at the same time, it is a little dangerous because, you know, with it being a non-issue or them feeling this way, there can also be a sense of apathy. And that can be really dangerous, especially in an election season where, you know, if, if younger community members think, well, you know, 
I haven't really had to deal much with persecution or, you know, I've never met someone that I'd want to get married to, but now I can if I want to. You know, since they haven't lived during a time when, or necessarily been like active during a time or something where that has been a real issue, I could see them thinking like, well, what's the big deal? We've got it. We're not going to lose it, but we can. Looking into the future, Nate hopes our new president, personal communities, and other allies will help in making LGBT people feel comfortable. For me, when I was younger, part of my struggle was just, I just didn't want it to ever be an issue. You know, kind of like the whole non-issue thing, where it's like, well, it's not an issue to me, so I really would like it not to be an issue with anybody else. And, you know, that might be a pipe dream, but that's how I feel. For The Outlet, this is Elise Peck. Elise talked with Nate, an older LGBT community member, about his concerns for this election. Nate has seen all of the progress that has been made and all of the work that still needs to be done. But what about LGBT youth concerns for what comes after the election? Brittany Irwin has the story. This election season has been unlike any other. From news coverage to social media to volunteers talking to voters on Court Street, the election is everywhere. And people are anxious. I mean, I'm definitely afraid for what the future might hold for me, you know. Very anxious to see how it turns out. That was Ava Heller and Jacob Arno. Both are freshmen at Ohio University and both identify as members of the LGBT community. We wanted to know what their concerns were in this upcoming election. One of the biggest issues on their minds, what happens to them once they start working full-time? I mean, it's definitely going to grow or affect us as, like, we get jobs and move into, like, the real working world and whatnot. Um, I mean, there certainly will be companies and people who don't want to hire LGBT People. Ava's concerns about workplace protections is a valid one. Here in Ohio, only 30 cities and counties have anti-discrimination ordinances prohibiting employment and housing discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. 30 out of 88. Not all states are required to have anti-discrimination in like the workforce, for example. And like I'd be very anxious to see like if like Hillary like makes it mandatory for those laws to be put in place versus like what Donald Trump might say like basically like discrimination in a workplace needs to be dealt with and it makes me a little anxious um, to see what both parties stance would be. Jacob's worried that if politicians don't step up to protect LGBT folks from discrimination it sends a message about fairness in this country. Voting against laws that would prevent discrimination in the workforce like you're saying, you're like almost saying that you're okay with it and that it, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, it's, and because it, it's not just LGBT people who would be able to be discriminated against, it would be anyone, which is not fair to anyone. Mm-hmm. And I don't want someone like that to be running a country that's supposed to be like, made up of everyone from all sorts of different backgrounds. When looking at the election, people often think of it in terms of the now. But it is important for the youth of America and the LGBT community to look at the lasting effects of their political choices. For The Outlet, this is Brittany Irwin. The election season is ending and local activists are concerned about the lack of discussion on the issues affecting the LGBTQ population by both the Democratic and Republican parties.
Mayan Yap, Julia Cook, and Nikuli Shangwei talk about how activists have been feeling this election season and what lies ahead for the LGBTQ community. 2015 was a historic year for the LGBTQ community. After years of fighting for social change, same-sex marriage became legal. It was symbolic of a societal shift in attitudes towards the LGBTQ community over the past decade. But LGBTQ activists say a lot more work needs to be done. And because their work is spread across a number of fronts and with the unprecedented nature of this election season, both the Democratic Party and the Republican Party are not portraying issues affecting the community the way activists hoped they would. I think that's the issue this election is that we haven't been talked about. Uh, there has been an overall silence and ignoring of, of the issues that, that impact us. And within the issues that have been discussed, not realizing how they do impact LGBT people. And I think a lot of us are, are also angry. That was Delphine Bautista, self-described head queer and director of the Ohio University LGBT Center. To Delphine, the lack of discussion surrounding the issues faced by the LGBTQ community has caused a political climate in which the needs of LGBTQ individuals are not being addressed. Folks like Equality Ohio can break the silence and, and raise concerns and, and push candidates. And some folks are, are starting to push back a little bit on the, the language of call out and rather than calling folks out, calling folks in. Uh, but regardless of semantics, um, you know, raising these concerns uh, because the candidates aren't. And so if they're not going to do it, we're going to do it. Uh, and, and so hopefully as November 8th uh, comes closer, but even after November 8th, on November 9th, we still need to raise these, these concerns. Uh, and so hopefully we'll see that more and more. Activists say they are concerned about reproductive rights, trans rights, and anti-discrimination laws for housing and the workplace. Grant Stancliffe, a communications director at Equality Ohio, emphasizes the importance of having allies and candidates who are aware of the issues that affect the LGBTQ community. Ohio is one of those states where you can be fired just because you're queer or transgender. Um, so that's, that's one big issue that you know, we would definitely want to see elected officials um, or, or, or candidates who are supportive of the LGBTQ community rather than, um, you know, not, not supportive. Equality Ohio reported that there are no statewide non-discrimination protections that protect all Ohioans regardless of sexual orientation and gender identity. Grant believes that the Republican Party's agenda paints a negative picture for the LGBTQ community. The Republican Party platform is very anti-LGBTQ, and uh, it, in, it insults the Supreme Court decision that allowed for marriage equality to happen. Um, it hints at that transgender kids shouldn't be treated equally in schools as uh, cisgender kids. Um, and it even endorses what's called conversion therapy, which is uh, a therapy that tries to change somebody from being gay or transgender to being straight or cisgender. Vice presidential candidate Mike Pence has spoken about directing funds from HIV treatment into conversion therapy. 
This is concerning for those who have witnessed and fought for progress over the past decade. We've made a lot of progress these last 10 years, uh, but even before that. And so the concern with Trump and Pence is that the literal blood, sweat, and tears of a whole group of folks is going to be undermined and devalued. And so for folks who literally gave their lives uh, during the HIV AIDS crisis uh, and, you know, the work that was done around that, all of the work done around marriage equality, you know, all the work done around raising uh, the visibility uh, and celebration of, of trans folk overnight can be undone. Uh, and. Uh, Similar to the, the conversation previously, folks being shoved back into the closet uh, and are being silenced and, and, and being ignored. And so it's like we're going backwards uh, instead of forwards. And we know that when it comes to the equality conversation, it is a dance of backwards, forwards, sideways. But this is like going light years uh, backwards. And that's scary. The lack of attention focused on the LGBTQ community is only one part of the damage. Grant believes the comments made by Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump have strained the relationships between the LGBTQ community and other minority groups. One thing that Donald Trump has said time and time again is that he will protect LGBTQ people, but then he says, I'll protect LGBTQ people from radical Islamic terrorists, right? And so he's not really talking about protecting the rights of LGBTQ people. He's taking LGBTQ people and using them as an excuse for his own personal brand of hatred and Islamophobia. Hmm. So it's a false promise that I think a lot of people um, are, are seeing. For Grant, Trump's rhetoric shows that he is not truly interested in the issues that directly affect members of the LGBTQ community. But for Delphine, this political climate is damaging towards individuals in the community. I think uh, what we've seen, uh, a lot of the political rhetoric has been our identities uh, being used as weapons and so further hurting folks. Uh, we know that a lot of folks use our identities currently as a weapon to dehumanize us, and so now that has just exploded. With political tensions running high and the election drawing to a close, it is hard to picture what the outcome may be for the LGBTQ community. But by standing in solidarity and by being an ally, the fight to ensure equality perseveres. For The Outlet, this is Mayan Yap. That's all for this special edition of The Outlet. Thanks to Atish Baidia and Dr. Lauren Marseyan for working together to make this podcast possible. And thank you to the students of LGBT Media Action, as always, for some amazing, amazing stories. Thanks for listening.